I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is our review of The Last of Us Part 1. So to kick things right off the bat, a big thank you to PlayStation Australia for providing us the review code of this latest release from the Naughty Dog. But look, we're not going to sit here and tell you all the ins and outs of The Last of Us. This game has been out for like a quarter of a century. Most people have played it already. So look, it was released on PS3 got remastered onto ps4 it's now being completely remade for ps5 but for those that haven't the last fast is a story of, of a german named john and your entire idea of in, uh, transporting ellie from a to b and then hilarity ensues that's pretty much covers it max yeah right yeah that pretty much pretty much covers it that's yeah there's some tears and some laughter along the way oh many tears sometimes sometimes the laughter causes the tears and sometimes the tears just just, just bring on up, more tears and just bring, tears, just bring yeah. so many more sadnesses in you so as you mentioned you know as 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 you mentioned as most of the the the, the talk around this game is it, it is mechanically just upgraded it, it looks it looks prettier They've updated the engine, so it's more in line of that of The Last of Us Part 2, which we saw, was it last year or the year before? 2020, jeez. Everything's kind of blurred together in this whole weird mixed up world at the moment. And so, yeah, so they wanted to bring it in line. And as they've been saying, as a lot of the marketing has been saying, this is the definitive way to experience this game if you have not played it before. And I really can't argue with that point. No, I agree with that absolutely wholeheartedly. <laughs> like it, it, it makes complete sense though. The idea is if you just keep reiterating on the same thing, yeah. it, by at some point it would become the best and ultimate way to experience something. You know, unlike Star Wars, which gets digitally enhanced and just wrecks it. But like at least with the last ones, the naughty Do- naughty dog have done a really, really good job here about mm. bringing you what is the ultimate uh, last of us experience. Because as we touched upon earlier, this originally released on the ps3 so mm. when we've seen then the remaster and then you we go and see last of us part two you know like that game is they're they're uncomparable in terms of quality last of us part two set such and su- set such an unrealistic bar that like last of us part one is just looks like poo it's such a great game and i have and we we both have varying level of nostalgia with it but objectively it does not look as good as part two. And there can be a little bit of that disconnect, especially if you're playing, if you go from one to the other, you're like, man, what the fuck happened? Apart from like a decade and two console generations. But I guess the the, the, the big thing to discuss, to discuss here, Max, is like, as you mentioned, like we agree this is the ultimate way to play as my camera focus freaks out for a hot second. Why do you agree with that sentiment? So I'll preface this with something that I mentioned to you when we first started playing it. And I'm like, the, I, th- I think the first words out of my mouth was, this looks absolutely stunning, but this is how I remember it looking originally. Yeah. I, I, which isn't true at all. Like no. it's obviously, like it obviously looks like, inc- like way better than what it did on the PS3. But that's in my mind, that's, this is how it originally looked. It, like you can there's been i think some developer blogs where they've been like this is how we wanted to create it the first time around but due to hardware limitations on the playstation 3 obviously that was just never never uh an option for us and now you know bringing it into line with that of you know two years ago for for part two bringing up there upgrading that engine upgrading all the like the biggest difference i think here are all the lighting effects yeah like a lot uh, I'm obviously playing it on a 4K HDR enabled screen and 
when you hit those, because um, of the way the game plays, there's a lot of dark, dank, moist areas that oh. really... Well, yeah, I guess, to mm. a degree, some of them are hot. But um, it really pops, but it forces you to use the flashlight that's built into the game because you cannot see dick without it. Yeah. And then as you're coming out of these tunnels, you just get the the, the lighting effect from hitting that that small opening at the end of the tunnel and you can just see for ugh. it's it baffles me that they can even get uh it, it can even be it, they can even pull it off now with the hard the hardware that we have like it's it looks just absolutely phenomenal exactly so. in the same way the last of us part two had this unprecedented level of fidelity and almost to like the nth degree um which it, it did almost seem kind of like why would you put this much work into a game this is ridiculous all these small details that are relatively meaningless but like it yeah. all adds to this greater world now granted because they're essentially rebuilding the from the bones up of this game unlike a remaster which you know the same same assets made them pretty they're, they're according to everything that naughty dog has said they've completely rebuilt a lot of it on the framework of the original so all the same motion capture all the same set placement etc but they just grabbed grabbed everything and then rebuilt it all again and so the the point you made there is lighting so lighting, I feel, is one of the best ways to show high quality. You can have relatively low ass, like low asset quality or comparatively low asset quality, but if you have exceptional lighting, it'll like look great. An example, we use a very current example. You know, the other day, did you see that pit, that whole uh, uh, the whole metaverse thing, and we get to see uh, Mark Zuckerberg as that animated whatever. Oh yeah, you know yeah. why it looked gross? Because the lighting was shit. There was no shadows. It was just all bright, and it looked like shit. But even some minor lighting, like shadows or etc., just would really would have made that pop. When it looks so flat, so here with the mix of incredible lighting and an and impeccable high dynamic range, because as you mentioned, when you start getting into those dark and gritty, because the big, the first hunk of the game is set within, you know, like it's raining, and I think it's kind of like a just a shitty time of the year in wherever they're based in Chicago. Uh, as you start moving through, like the seasons change and it gets brighter and, you know, you have to start to see how the world reacts differently to this light. But yeah, when you're, when you're in that, the night rainy, like the way water reflects the way that the, the torch illuminates the, the tunnel that you're crawling through, like it feels exactly how, like it, it has this dark and dank and feels very claustrophobic. And then as you make your way to the end of that tunnel, as you said, as that bloom comes in and then you see the world, you go, oh shit. Which anything, when you come through that, uh, we'll use the opening scene, one of the opening scenes, you know, when you when you leave that main uh, housing area with Tess, you come out and the greens just pop. And like you start seeing the density of the foliage and all these little minor details. And I think the, the best, the big thing for me is that even it's just clarity is the answer. The lights, the lighting's yeah. better, which helps in, helps that clarity and everything in the distance has sharpness to it. Like things that are, that are understandably far away do have that distant haze. And that's what, you know, how vision works. But anything within close within a close enough proximity has a sharpness to it. So there's none of that like blur or like, you know, that just that low poly count from a distance. Yeah. 
Everything here is amazing. Now, unlike part two, because once again, the building on the frames, I was, as I was reiterating before, and then I got myself into an ADHD side tangent. Like, there are still things you can't interact with. Like, the bins are bins, the bottles on the ground are this. There are some things that are fixed in place. An example is if there's a, an electric box with the door open, you can't bump the door shut. Where in Last of Us Part 2, I would, I, I would feel that you'd be able to bump that closed. But because they're building on that same framework, um, there are some things that are just kind of do show its age. I think the controller scheme is something that kind of shows its age as well. But... What really shines here is apart from the, apart from that lighting, which I'm having, I'm got such a hard on for lighting right now apparently, but is facial animation. Like the one thing that they and one of the other things they've taken across uh, from part two is facial. Uh, so first of all, Ali actually looks like a 14 year old girl now. She's supposed to be 14, looks like seven in the original. Joel has a more weathered face, which actually aligns with his face, his face model in part two. So you, you're genuinely seeing that, like a, a much stronger age progression, especially mm. from the prologue into the main game and then knowing what's coming in, in part two. Um, and that's the big things for me. Like there's that dude at the, at the start who I forget where you're with Tess and you, you I'm just going to reference stuff from the start of the game because I don't want to like spoil too much shit, even for someone that hasn't played it. Um, you know, when, when you stump him on the ground and Joel's got his arm and like they're zooming on his face, like that's high level, like detail, almost like the RE engine, R, uh, RE2 remake level of face fidelity, um, which blew me away almost instantly. And then, and then later on, once you start seeing the clickers and you sort of see all the high detail in their capture, one of the things I did, and I'll, and I'm now, I'll probably will start set, posting them up now once the embargo drops is that I have just been dicking about in photo mode because everything looks so fucking good. Like, I don't deal for, I don't do photo mode, but I'm like, ooh, and I, ooh, ooh. You know, I, I, I got to take the little screenshot because it just looks so effing fantastic. But one of the things that you mentioned, because you were a little bit ahead of me at the time, you said the AI is better. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a sequence fairly early on in the game where uh, it, it kind of, tries to explain what the different enemy types are whether they be just uh what they refer to as runners versus clickers mm -hmm. uh and, and it pops up with the tutorial saying clickers are blind they they see via sound and they're like hey here's like a little stealth based area for you so i'm kind of trudging through a subway station essentially mm -hmm. or a little underground mall type thing and uh the ground's littered with bricks and bottles to to essentially throw to distract the enemies to to get from point a to point b without being seen or spotted it took me like 45 minutes now i don't know if it's just me being absolute trash at games now or um they did seem to be because <clears throat> i they, they do give you a warning of hey you're tilting your thumbstick too far so you're not Despite the fact that you're still crouched and stealthy, you you're, work, not, you're, walking you're not with speed, moving. Yeah. You're still moving with speed, so they're like slow it down. And I found that um, they're like they're they're still on like a patrol pattern. Mm -hmm. I think is the best term to like the best way to describe it. But they change it up just enough to throw you out of sync every once in a while. Mm. I find that a lot of the enemies, instead of just running straight at you once they've seen you, you know, they will try and do that flank maneuver or 
or whatnot, there's still parts of the game where you could be shooting someone in the face. You quickly duck down and run, and they'll be like, I've lost sight of him. I don't He's know gone. where he is. And, and then they'll just go into like caution mode and they'll they'll be ready for anything. Because that was one of the things they did discuss in all sort of the pre-game, the, the pre-release footage is the idea of they they have ramped up the AI of the of, of the, the enemies in that like their cones of vision were actually more, like, rather than just being blanket sort of, you know, uh, cones, like they're actually affected by the area, that the things you can hide yeah. behind. Um, your AI companions will actually respond better. And they will. That, I, one of the first things I noticed actually was that say Ali and Tess and, and so, you know, they're kind of like, would slink out of the way a little bit rather than just kind of hiding there as the, as the, as the walker just walks right past or the clicker just walks to, right past. To be fair, I've noticed that the, if you have AI companions when you're doing essentially escort portions of the game, they do not set off enemies, uh, vision in stealth areas. But if it's a combat area where they will shoot, actively shoot at enemies, they will, they'll pop them off. But during stealth sections, I've had Ali just run straight in front of someone. Look, and so just it's like, not entirely just, fixed, right? Like, it's better. Like, there's just like, oh, there's no one there. That's fine. Which is good because there's nothing worse than getting pinged by I'm so like, bad. Like, a, like a bad AI choice. Mm. So, I mean, in that sense, it's good. Um, another thing we should touch on um, that was really big in Last of Us Part 2 that they've brought across here is the accessibility options. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously Last of Us Part 2... Um, I believe won awards it for did. their accessibility options. They had so many. They've brought them all across here. Uh, now with the addition of the DualSense controller, you can have haptic feedback for voice. Yeah. Dialogue. So this is one of the things that's really fantastic. So is that rather than um, with 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 the level of uh, dynamics that the 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 DualSense controller can have, uh, it, although it doesn't. If the individual is hearing impaired, they're not going to be able to hear the audio, but they can feel the emphasis of what's being delivered. Mm. So if someone gets up and yelly or like a clicker comes charging at you, you can feel those vibrations within the dual sense. Now we haven't even touched upon the dual sense features outside of the accessibility, but it, you know, you sort of feel that intensity and it's a, it's a really cool concept. And I, I having not very luckily, I don't need a lot of the accessibility settings. So I've not messed about in there too much. But one of the things I really do like is that dictation of what's happening within the scene. Um, once again, which is really handy for those that are visually impaired or you know they may not be able to see the minor details of what's going on. They might need a little bit of help of interpretation. So you, you, I'm saying you may not be able to play it if you are completely vision, like you're blind. But if you've got some you know, impairment, you can make it work. Or you, if you're playing alongside someone who wants to experience it, just it might not even be for the person playing it. it might be the person sitting next to you. So one mm. of the things, so I, back in the day, I used to, used to do a lot of work for Vision Australia. And one of the things they would do is they would, you know, say if you went to a play or a movie, they'd have, you'd have someone that would come with you and they essentially would have, um, or, or if it's like a play, you'd, they'd give, they'd provide you a little headset and there's someone sitting at the front of the stage who would who would literally dictate to you what everyone's doing on the stage which is fantastic and it completely it, it can make an experience just slightly more engaging for those that have those different hurdles so shout out to, to naughty dog for here going above and beyond I, I still think that i would still argue that they are setting the standard for what is accessibility options within a game but uh, yeah, so in terms of, we'll expand from that dual sense for a minute. So 
it's it's good implement good, good implementation here you feel the rain you feel the crunch you feel the water that they weighed in it all kind of comes through that through the the um the controller like you know as you're wrapping bandages you feel that sort of the tension as joel kind of pulls it to, to tighten it around his arm so you feel it tense and then slack and tense and then slack you can feel the 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 intensity of a shiv I don't know. I, I, I'm still in love with the dual sense, man. Like anytime there's a game that implements it well, I, I'm in. Yeah. So I've I've actually I've I've pulled up the the in-game options for the dual sense controller Fantastic. itself. So obviously, it has the the adaptive triggers, which works for like simply uh, like simple tasks like gun shooting, mm-hmm. bow shots. Uh, as you mentioned, the healing of the uh, in-game. Uh, and then you've got your essentially what they refer to as vibration settings. So you can have uh, each individual slider has uh, each individual option has its own slider. So you can lower it for player actions, how how heavy they are with melee combat, enemy attacks, the ambient weather, um, and then obviously it has like we mentioned before the speech to vibration uh, accessibility option. So you can have the intensity set to that. So you, if you don't want to feel certain things you can turn them down so you can emphasize others yep. uh, of greater importance to you which i find um very good like very interesting the way that they've implemented that now one of the other things that they've implemented really quite well is uh the tempest audio engine um the only thing that mark cerny got a real like nips hard for is that uh, original playstation showcase uh it's essentially the way it uses 3d audio so i was playing with my arctis 7 uh, arctis 7 piece which is the PlayStation 5 purpose-built uh, Steel Series headset. And yeah, no, it's great. In that, like, you can really feel that space around you, whether it be you hear that clicking sort of off, 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 sorry, off back here somewhere, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Or like, as, you know, as your AI companions are walking around you and talking to you, you sort of, you can hear them at that moment um, where they're standing. It's really cool. Like it's just it's excellent use of three D three D spatial audio, which they you know Naughty Dog had sort of set the standard for back with Uncharted Four, and then that was replicated in the remaster, and then it's also coming across here as well. Now, one of the things that this game does have that kind of sets it apart is obviously it doesn't have factions, but they have the the the, the Left Behind DLC is still in it. I haven't got to that yet, but I imagine it's just as good looking um but the other thing is there's a couple little extra modes and uh little sprinkles of change one of them being the permadeath mode which is which is unlockable from the get-go which is really really cool now having someone i died super fucking quick like once i got first the you know it did take me long before i got dead i was dead is what i'm saying uh so the permadeath mode not good for me um did you jump in the permadeath uh, no, I died 10 times against the, the same clicker trying to do the sneak bit. So, like, I definitely did not permadeath. Yeah. I don't think I'm good enough to permadeath. No, I don't have the patience. What I what I am interested in, though, is the new speedrun mode yeah. where it uh, essentially keeps an in-game timer for you. Uh, it, it shows your, your, your PB run, uh, how you're tracking towards it. Um, this is just from the key features that they've they've supplied us with. Unfortunately, uh, it is locked behind her. You must complete the main yeah. story first. Almost everything outside of the permadeath, in terms of those additional modes, all locked behind having to finish the game. Now, I, in a way, it makes sense because if, because uh, you know, I think this is heading to 
Was this a console exclusive or is this the version heading to PC? I'm unsure, but I have a feeling that it may head to PC later on. Because obviously a lot of those people haven't played the game before. They want you to experience it Mm. that like in a... Uh, they want to. They want you to experience it the original way first before you add all the gameplay modifiers to it, which makes sense. Yeah, totally. So unfortunately, I can't really speak to that because I haven't unlocked it yet. Yeah. Um, but once I do, ooh, I'm going to say how quickly I can do this game. <laughs> I did. I did uh, Last of Us Part Two in a single sitting. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Like, so we got the review code for that one too, and you went fucking so hard. <laughs> because <laughs> you were like I want to record about it tomorrow I'm like okay I will get it finished I'm like have you finished it no I'm like god damn it <laughs> yeah no, but that that game was way longer than we originally anticipated oh it was so much longer than I originally anticipated <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so look there's not much more we can say about about this uh, Max what are your what are your final thoughts about The Last of Us Part 1 well like I said I think I think their their marketing behind this is the definitive way to play this game is, is 100% true uh, for those of you who have already played the game, this is a wonderful reason to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I was, I must admit, at to begin with, I was very skeptical at first. Uh, I, I had this running joke of that this is the Last of Us Part One Version Three, one point three, because we because we obviously had the original, then the rem- uh, the remaster for PS4, and then now this. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I've I've very much been enjoying my time with it. Uh, it, it it has changed up some of those old archaic systems that was uh, was that were in the original title. They've mm-hmm. they've now been upgraded to be more modern and fluid. Uh, the game handles a lot better. The game runs a lot better. The game looks a lot better. Just in 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 every way possible, this has been a a fantastic improvement upon what was already such a fantastic um, foundation of a game that it's it's hard to go wrong i mean you've you've made this this comment a couple of times now uh, who would have thought that good game is still good when it looks better yeah no it, it, like that's my <laughs> like, my entire summary of this is yeah good game still good yeah but, but better yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, i mean, you have more to say. Just, i mean just just alone in in the adding of all the accessibility options just makes this such a wonderful yeah. um a wonderful way to experience this game again yeah, and I completely agree. Uh, as you said, like you know, the the highlight is this is a definitive way to play the game. Yeah, and I still completely agree. There are a number of things here that make this the best, what the best way to play this game. One, it's it's the it is at its core the exact same game that we played on the PS3. So for better or worse, that is still the case. So for if you ha- ask someone that played it on PS3, or you played it on PS4, I. I would I would recommend only buying this if you have have to absolutely play it, uh, because you are getting the same experience. Prior, if not, if you, if you, if if you're not chomping at the bit to buy this, pick it up on sale when it it'll go on sale eventually, right? But if you're like us, large PlayStation fans, I I had to get my hands on this. I had to spend time with it because it. As, as you as you rightly pointed out that I had said in our little private chats, it's the great a great game is still great. The mm. game is still like a nine or a ten out of ten. It's fucking brilliant. There are some things that don't age as well in this and that, but I think that's the nature of the game itself, and I think that the controller scheme is part of that. But 
with the improvement on AI, which is one of the other things that aged the game pretty quickly, that has improved. So it kind of changes a lot of things. It's visually so much better. Like the facial animations, like I'm buying in almost instantly. Now, granted, being the big fan of The Last of Us, I already am. It was an easy win for me. But that opening prologue, I was crying as if it was the first day I saw it. Um, and if anything, it just looked better because you could see the 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 minor details in the performances from from Troy Baker. Uh, you know, when you see the the subtle nuances of pain and angst and and you know, just watching it throughout, and you see all these broken people, and they're able to express themselves better. Like it's it's the one you know as there's a whole expression like what body language is like 70 percent of communication and when you have when you have a game that's telling such an emotive and heartfelt and deep story that is primarily about a bunch of people communicating with each other this is what makes it better because it's not as if it was bad before but when you're when you're able to see now minor performance nuances, when how Tess talks to someone, when how Bill talks to someone, when how how Joel confronts Ali, how you know when you see that like longing and pain, um, when he looks at her and he sees he sees his daughter, you know like these these are things you you can pick up in the other versions, but it hits home even harder here, and especially with the Last of Us HBO series right around the corner if people are going to jump in and go oh that show looks really good i do like that dude from uh wonder woman and the guy from uh, uh game of Th- and the two people from game of thrones uh you know like pedro pascal and uh, uh bella ramsey uh this might be the best way to jump in so if you have if you haven't played the last of us which is weird if you have a ps5 it's also weird you're excited for the show. It's weird that you have one or don't have one. It's weird, it's weird that you only just got one. Uh, just saying. Uh, the series right around the corner. It yeah, it's it's an it's an absolute win for me. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't not recommend it. The your Naughty Dog and the Last of Us is by far the state one of the best games the PlayStation has ever made and probably ever will make. And yeah. this is the best way to play it. But if you want to hear us talk more about PlayStation, you can at each and every week. Max, give that quick little spiel. We'll send ourselves out of here. Well, you can hear our PlayStation-related podcast for the players Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to hit us up personally, you can. Check us out. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Well, one of us is on Instagram and uh, Discord. <laughs> All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as we when we record our petition podcast live, you can over at twitch.tv slash the pop cultures. We we can watch us record it, jump in the chat, and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can. You can tell your friends, tell your family about the about the PlayStation podcast that we make. You can check it out on your podcast services. Max said gives a five-star rating and a written review or on the YouTube. If you like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I will always answer every single comment and say, hey, happy you fall down this hole? And you're like, man, these guys are really nice. I'd like to support them financially. You can. Patreon.com slash The Pump Culturist. But uh, once again, big thank you to PlayStation Australia for providing us the opportunity to review this game ahead of release. Uh, we do truly appreciate the support and the trust. And we truly appreciate being able to play The Last of Us Part 1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but until you see us on the regular show, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was our review of The Last of Us Part 1.